Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Kristen, that's really annoying, so let's just not act like that. Kristen, are you part of my family? No, but I am a producer on the show. I just if want- you would like to go all the way over by the front door of the hotel, and I'm going to be right over here doing what I need to do. You guys we can go eat. can all just talk about it. Sophia, how was your flight? Good. Did you sleep at all? Yes, I did. That's good. Kristen, can you refrain from asking Sophia questions? Thank you. Why are you so white trash? What a dumb, twisted mother... Hi, guys. Wish I could say what a week, but it wasn't really a week, was it? I mean, not that much happened this week, unfortunately. Kind of a boring episode. Not that much drama happened. Just want to, before we get started, I just want to read one tweet from a Michael Abraham who uh, 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 is a piece of work. And this is what he had to say to somebody. Brittany, people felt the exact way about Steve Jobs, Apple's late founder and CEO, and he built the largest, richest company in the world and gave the world technology the world would not have without him. Yes, I met and knew him. Farrah can do the same. It's in her blood. (laughs) So basically, you know, Steve Jobs died so Farrah could live. (laughs) I'm assuming that person was calling Farrah a bitch or calling Farrah a name. And Michael came to her defense, as Michael is prone to do. If you guys are not following Michael on social media, I would suggest maybe not follow him. I'm not sure if following him is necessary in any way, shape, or form. But I will say that you should at least check in on him occasionally because his Twitter is a trip. Here's some questions I've received about Michael. Does Michael want to fuck Farah? Yeah. I mean, isn't that... a what what are we all doing here if we don't think that Michael wants to fuck Farah? I, I mean, I thought that was very clear for years. I'm shocked that people would ask the question because I thought it was an obvious answer. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. What is it not an obvious answer? <laughs> also, is Michael scared of Farah? Yes. I think that's part of the reason he's attracted to her. (laughs) That's so gross. But as I've said many times, I have to live in my truth. And my truth is that Michael is attracted to Farrah and he's terrified of her. I'm not sure why Michael puts up with Farrah the way he does. I mean, he obviously gets paid to be on the show and he wants access to Sophia. But there's something else going on there. I, I, I don't know. Does Michael have a job? I don't know. I think he might work full time for her at the stores. 
I think he might be the one that's like running all her businesses in Austin, which yikes. Farrah lives with him and Amy. It still to this day, she's still living with them. I just don't really understand anything about Farrah and Michael. The one thing that I do understand is that Michael wants to fuck her. <laughs> anyway, onto this week's episode. It was just boring. I I wish I had positive things to say about this episode, but I really do not. Here's the thing. I don't care about Macy's PCOS. (laughs) Is PCOS important to talk about? Yeah, of course. It's really hard to deal with. A lot of my friends have it. It's very common. But Macy is not a compelling character to take a medical journey with. (laughs) I, it just, that's just a fact. She does not emote well (laughs) in any way, shape, or form. I think we can all agree on the fact that Macy does not emote well. And I just, I just don't care for this. You know, give Mackenzie and Ryan all the scenes because Macy, Macy just does not do it for me. She just doesn't do it for me at all. Amber did, had two scenes this week. Literally, Amber had two scenes this week. And Amber is an exciting person. Give her the scenes. And Kate and Tyler, it was sad, but I'm not sure how much there is to talk about with it. I don't know if you guys get what I mean or not, but it was very sad to watch. But at the same time, like not that much was happening. And because we already knew this is essentially exactly how it played out, that she had a miscarriage and then went right into treatment. I don't feel like there was anything shocking or that interesting to watch about it. Don't get me wrong, like, I teared up a little bit. It was sad. But I do feel like for an episode that had a lot of potential, this just really fell flat. So I'm going to get into Farah, who, as you guys know at the beginning of this episode, I just played that incredible producer montage, <laughs> which made me laugh so hard when they did that I- her saying, Kristen, don't ask my daughter questions. <laughs> when poor Kristen just like asked Sophie if she slept on the plane. <laughs> oh, God, that was good. I'm really mad that they just cut it off abruptly with the to be continued. I I mean, come on. Come on. You got to give us more than that. They're really stretching out this post-firing episode. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what I talked about last week. I know a lot of people feel like Fair is being sex shamed for being fired for doing the porn. And maybe she is, you know, maybe she is. But I, as I said last week, I think that's okay. I think your boss has a right to fire you for doing porn, at least when your boss is MTV and Viacom. I don't think that's wrong. I Now, for me, I think the issue really lies in the fact that this is happening, like, independent of the show. It's being promoted independent of the show. It's making the show be talked about in a way that's not flattering to the show. I feel like flattering is not really a good word to use. But, yes, is it bad that... Teen Mom has had domestic violence, arrests, overdoses, 
like the worst thing, child abuse basically neglect yeah but all of that happens like in the context of the show and MTV is able to control the way that it's shown MTV is able to control the way that it's promoted MTV has full control over what they're going to air and what they're not going to air yeah some things like might get leaked and they come out in the tabloids honestly and I'm using the term tabloids loosely loosely because they only get covered by like radar online and Hollywood gossip (laughs) so you know I, I is that the tabloids yeah but it's definitely a certain type of tabloid But the reality is, is that MTV gets to decide how they want to air it. Now, Farrah going, signing a contract with Cam Soda, and then them promoting it on their social media, her promoting it on her social media, is really forcing MTV's hand. It's really taking the power away from MTV and what they decide to air. And I can understand them being mad about it. But let's get into Farrah's segment for the week, who had the only interesting segment. So they're in LA, still looking at homes, and I'm using that in quotation marks because Farrah's not buying a fucking house in LA, especially, especially now that she's fired from MTV. I, it's, it's insane that she's living with Michael. It's fully insane. I don't know where she thinks she's going to get a house in LA and be able to afford a house in LA that, like, they have enough room for a fucking horse and the 99 dogs that she has. Michael and Amy come to help with Sophia and we do get a quick little scene of Sophia asking for her phone and Farrah saying no because Sophia didn't read a chapter of her book, which was truly shocking to me that Farrah cared at all. And they are driving around to look at the houses. I'm really confused by what happens in this scene because there's a for sale sign and it says do not disturb occupants on it, which I've never bought a house. I don't, I don't really understand what happens here, but Farrah is like, Okay, well, I just want to talk to the neighbors since I'm from out of town. I just want to know about the neighborhood. And then she goes, she knocks on the door. We don't follow her in, but she goes, she looks at the house and she doesn't like it. She said because it has a stackable laundry. (laughs) Or maybe that was actually the next. But Farrah doesn't like the house. Farrah's not into the house. But I... Didn't, I was under the impression that you go to the house, like, either on the open house or your realtor sets up a showing. I did not, I did not think it was a thing that you just show up to people's homes that have four sale signs on them and knock on them and tour the house. <laughs> I just, I didn't think that was a thing. Also, I'm, like, high-key mad that we didn't get her crazy fucking realtor <laughs> who promised to raise Sophia if, if Farah ever died. <laughs> That was iconic, that scene. Honestly, that was incredible. Why haven't they brought her back? Here's the thing. Farrah will occasionally get these incredible side characters and then they never show up again. And it's like, MTV and Farrah, what are you doing? Farrah apparently wants to self-produce her scenes. And if that's the case, then she would have that fucking crazy realtor there again. She would know that that'd be an essential scene for her. We get a quick scene of the producers talking, which I would assume was filmed after the fact. I think there's been a lot of producer uh, interactions filmed after the fact. When it comes to Farrah this season. But to be honest, like, I'm okay with that. They're just setting up the scene. And I'm sure they had this conversation, but, like, via text, you know, or on their walkie-talkies. So David and Kristen talk, and they say there's a problem with the set teacher. And that the set, Farrah says the set teacher gave Sophia candy 
although she didn't, and Farrah wants to replace today. Okay, so people are confused. What is a set teacher? A set teacher isn't there necessarily to teach. They're not like tutors, you know, but in the state of California, and I believe New York, if a child is filming any sort of any sort of production in any way, shape, or form, union, non-union, whatever, it's state law that there has to be a set teacher on scene. Now, this is a little confusing because it's a reality show. They're not on a set. But I think it just means in the premise of wherever they're filming. Set is essentially anywhere that there's cameras. So what does a set teacher do? They don't necessarily do the schoolwork with them. But they're basically like a guardian that makes sure that all rules are being followed. They're well-versed in uh, state laws regarding filming because California is really strict on child labor laws. Now, this normally isn't an issue because almost none of the kids ever film in L.A. I would imagine any other time that Sophia's filmed in L.A., there's been a set teacher. We just haven't heard about it because there hasn't been a hissy fit thrown about it so we just didn't see it and I would assume when they do reunions in LA and the kids are on set that there's just one for all of the kids but most of the kids as we know film in their states and because they're non-union they don't have union regulation regulations that have to be followed and most states don't have enough filming taking place to have guidelines on how many hours well I guess they have guidelines on how many hours a kid can film but they don't have like state regulations requiring essential legal guardians to be there to make sure that no rules are broken so this set teacher isn't necessarily teacher but it's somebody that's supposed to be there to advocate for Sophia so that MTV doesn't overstep the lines on how many hours she's working if she's being put in an unsafe position etc 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 so Farah is pissed because maybe she the set teacher gave Sophia candy, which like one who cares. Sophia, as far as we know, doesn't have any food allergies. They shoot YouTube videos all the time of them eating candy. Like they just recently put up of Sophia eating like ten different chocolates. I mean, the reality is is that if you don't want your kid to be given food by someone, they should respect that. But also like. It's not fireable. It's not a fireable offense. Just fucking deal with it, Farah. This is why working with Farah is impossible because she has an inability to deal. Also, the producer said that the teacher didn't even actually give her candy. David and Kristen are talking and David's like, well, can't she just have the set teacher for the rest of the day? Then we'll deal with it because there aren't that many set teachers. You can't just like fire a set teacher in the middle of the day and get a new one. But, you know, this is Farrah's world and everybody else is just living in it. So we're back in the car scene and Farrah gets a text. And (laughs) this is what she says about the text. I'm going to repeat what some dumb piece of shit just said to me. This is from the realtor. And this is what kills me. This is what kills me about Farrah is that Sophia's in the car. You know, Sophia's in the car when she's saying this stuff. Sophia's in the car listening to her talk about people like this. I had a dad that yelled and screamed and it had a really negative effect on me and how I treated other people and still to this day how I treat other people and speak to other people. It's something I have to constantly work on and I feel so sad for little Sophia sitting there listening to Farrah call the realtor a dumb piece of shit. 
The sellers apparently weren't pleased that she showed up, and then they said she was touchy-feely, which I don't know what that means. Amy was like, no, no, you weren't. I don't know if Amy's any sort of reliable source these days, though. And there was like, just because they're looking at my boobs doesn't mean, like, I'm being (laughs) touchy-feely. And Farrah said, you rookies are really pathetic. I, I don't. I didn't even really understand what she was talking about when she... I just don't understand why is the realtor not with her? Why is she going and knocking on random doors? Why isn't she having tours set up? It's so weird. Why is Sophia even there for filming that day? We get a voiceover of Farrah saying that things have been rocky between Kristen and Farrah. And Kristen knocks on the car window and Farrah says, This bitch is fired today. Which, once again... It's just so gross to talk about people like that when your child is around. Sophia's going to have no respect for anybody. How could she? Because Farrah has no respect for anybody. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people, like, believe that this is just a character that Farrah's playing. And I have heard somebody was telling me that they're someone in their family or someone in their family's girlfriend works at her store. And that apparently she's like... Seems totally normal. She's nice at work. She's fine to work for. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Fair plays it up for the camera. But Sophia's around. And Sophia is nine years old. Does Sophia understand the difference between Farrah playing a character for MTV and not? I don't think so. I don't see how a nine-year-old would be able to distinguish the difference. Oh, also there was, like, a weird interview that Farrah gave this week. TMZ asked Farrah about, did you guys see the pictures of Kim Kardashian, like, topless that North supposedly took of Kim? Well, Farrah was asked about it by TMZ, and she's like, oh, that's totally normal. Like, I'm, me and my daughter are always naked around my house, and we have pictures of each other on our phones naked. Oh, okay, here's the thing. North is four years old, <laughs> and supposedly picked up the the phone and took the picture of Kim on Kim's phone. Probably not even true. Sophia is nine. I don't think there's a problem with them being naked in their house. I mean, it's an all-women's house. Some people are more comfortable nude. Some families are more comfortable nude. That's not a big deal. But if Farah truly has pictures of a nine-year-old Sophia naked on her phone, oh... God, that's child pornography at that point. Sophia's too old. She's way too old for naked pictures. And Sophia should not have naked pictures of Farah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think either are true. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised this is Farah after all. I think Farah just wanted to give, like, a quote to TMZ and relate herself to Kim Kardashian. And she didn't even understand what she's saying because she's so stupid that's the thing about Farrah is that she's so stupid have we noticed just like overall she's not a smart person in any way shape or form I think we have noticed that also if you guys notice whenever she's talking about her lawsuit this week you know all week she's been giving like those lawsuit interviews talking about suing Viacom for five million dollars she keeps mentioning the LGBT which has nothing to do with her in any way, shape, or form. It has nothing to do with her being fired. But I think the reason she's talking about it is because she knows David got so much press 
for those harmful statements and that people are mad at MTV and David for the way that he talked. So she's just lumping the LGBT community into her sex shaming uh, lawsuit, which, you know, not a great look. (laughs) Okay, back to the show. Farrah is screaming that the teacher isn't even teaching. There's no reason for her to be there. It's all bullshit and a man like made up and little Sophia pops her head up from the back seat and is like, I want to cancel the teacher. Oh, <laughs> Amy's like, well, you know, we can't cancel the teacher. It's state law. Amy's ve- being very calm, cool and collected. And if you'll notice the minute that Amy like speaks her mind and says something that disagrees with Farah, Farah starts to buck towards her and she turns her head towards her and talks to her in that really awful tone of voice where she's being condescending and a bitch to Amy. You know, all season she's been, like, so nice to Amy. And I've really known it's because Amy is Farrah's yes-man. Amy and Michael do whatever and say whatever Farrah wants to hear. So she is nice to them. And the minute that either one of them says anything that Farrah doesn't like, she's they're on her shit list. There's also, if you'll notice, Michael's in the front seat. And Michael and the driver in the scene just have their eyes, like, completely closed. (laughs) Like, contemplating death. (laughs) I assume that's how Michael usually deals with these tantrums, is that he just sits and he closes his eyes and disassociates from his body. (laughs) So Amy is trying to explain that it's the law, and Farrah tells Sophia, we don't need a teacher. It's an imaginary thing. It's not real. So I hate to defend Farrah, but I think what she's trying to say is that, um, unfortunately, that it is like a fake thing. She is right in that that moment. What she means is like the teacher's not coming to actually teach because that teacher's such a bad name for it, especially when it comes to like reality TV and they're not, they're just there for a day. They're not being their teachers. So when she's saying to Sophia, like, it's an imaginary thing, like, we don't need her. I think what she means is, like, the teacher's not real. She's not actually teaching my daughter, so she doesn't need to be here. But, of course, yes, she does, because it's actually about making sure that Sophia's rights are protected under the law. But Farrah doesn't care about Sophia's rights, so that part means nothing to her. Kirsten basically explains, it's impossible, we can't get a new set tutor, and Farrah is flipped. She's like, well, why didn't you deal with this two hours ago? And she says, nobody else tries as much as I do. What does that even mean? Nobody else tries as much as I do. It's like when she was yelling at Deb and she said, nobody else has changed as much as she has. (laughs) She tells Kirsten, you're really, really ignorant. I'm shutting my door. Excuse me. I don't want to bash your face in. Oh, God, poor Kirsten. Oh. Can you imagine being Farrah's producer? And I'm pretty sure the only reason that she works with Kristen is because she's fired all of her other producers. Ashley did a story that Farrah will just like fire producers and ban them from coming to her house or dealing with her in any way, shape or form. Uh, Now we're just getting title shoot title cards. Farrah is no longer doing voiceovers and we hear that, we see that Farrah is refusing to work with Kristen. So Morgan J. Freeman and one other producer fly to Austin so that they can talk to Farrah and about the way she treats producers, but also the Cam Soda show. Uh, basically, they say, like, you know, Farrah told us she's no longer doing porn. 
that she was exploited. She made a mistake. She would never do it again. And here we are doing it again. We get shots of TMZ articles, (laughs) which are, you know, they're not great articles. They're really not great. And, you know, I'm kind of on it. Like I said, I'm on MTV's side here. They let her do her seller sex toys. They let her do the strip club appearances. They let her do the lingerie. Like, they're letting Farrah do basically everything. They just don't want her doing porn on camera. And you guys have to remember, like, how this was being advertised. It was like, come watch the anal show. Farrah was hashtagging everything with anal. (laughs) This was really explicitly being advertised. Farrah's been doing loads of strip club appearances. Farrah's been doing tons of work in the sex in the sex industry, the adult, why can't I think, not the sex worker industry, but the adult entertainment industries, the phrase that I'm looking for. She's been doing a lot of work in the adult entertainment industry, and this is MTV's line in the sand. And as their employer, they get to have their line in the sand. So we get, Morgan Freeman basically says, if she chooses to do the adult entertainment web show, she can no longer be on Teen Mom. And I was pretty surprised that they were so upfront with saying that and they weren't just going to blame it on the production. Um, I, I, I think the way she treats production makes a lot more sense to fire her. Morgan even says that Farrah, like, offers to produce her own segments, which is just so funny. <laughs> I really am surprised they're not leaning into the into the production thing for the reason that they let her go. So we get a title card saying that they're going to Farrah's house and we get, did you guys notice the music? It was like straight up intervention music. (laughs) It was so fucking dramatic. It's very intense and we get a to be continued. And you know what? I wasn't pleased. I was not pleased that we got a to be continued, but MTV has to stretch that out as much as possible, I guess. So yeah, that was it for this week. And finally, next week, I guess, we're going to see Fair get fired. Finally. Finally. So next, we're going to go to Kate, who had the only other interesting scenes this week. And even I said, they were sad, but how interesting were they actually? So we're going to go to her after a five-second break. Poor Caitlin. Poor girl. If you notice, Caitlin also had no voiceovers this week. They didn't make her film voiceovers. I wonder if she's even been around to film voiceovers. She was home for such a short period of time before she had to go back to treatment. Uh, She will be at the reunion this weekend. Apparently, she basically gets like a week pass from the treatment center and she is filming the reunion in New York and then going back to the treatment center, which I guess is a good idea. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not quite understanding of Kate's entire treatment plan or if this place is the best place for her or if it makes more sense for her to be in a outpatient program by her house so she can still be participating in her day-to-day life. I don't know, man. Something, it just... I don't want to judge her for getting help because I don't feel that way. I just feel like being in treatment for such a long time 
is probably going to prevent her from being able to really adjust back to life. You know, it, I, I feel I'm almost at a loss for words because I don't, I don't know. I don't, obviously I don't know what's actually going on in Kate's life. So we've got some sad music playing and we find out Kate had a miscarriage. Uh, Kirthy comes over to talk to Tyler, and Tyler says it was extremely traumatic. He says he feels similar to when they lost Carly, which is really sad to hear. <laughs> really sad to hear. Um, I, okay, I don't have a lot of opinions on what happened this week. I've been reading a lot of hot takes on the internet, and I'm just, I don't, I just don't have them. This is going to be a short episode, unfortunately, because one, not that much happened. And I just, what we saw with Kate and Tyler was sad. It was just sad. And Kate has mental health problems. And I guess I'm just not in the mood this week to sit here and act like Kate is grieving this miscarriage wrong, made the wrong choice getting pregnant. Yeah, there are a million reasons Kate shouldn't have gotten her IUD taken out. Ugh. Of course, I'm pretty sure I've gone into them in the past, but I just, Kate is literally like wanted to kill herself and I don't have it in my heart today to judge her for that. I don't have it in my heart to sit here and be like, she shouldn't have had this baby. Look at how, look at her reaction. Her reaction shows that she should have never tried to get pregnant. I'm not going to do it. I know sometimes I can be a cruel bitch, but I guess I'm just, like, woke up feeling connected to my higher power today and just want to be a good person. <laughs> I I just found this episode sad. Their segment sad. I didn't find anything judgment-worthy. And really, my whole podcast is just judging these moms, right? And that can definitely be hard when I feel like... It can be hard to recap this when I feel like... I don't, I can't come from a place of judgment. This actually makes me want to, I'm in a mood. This, like, I'm tearing up a little bit just, like, thinking about it. Because I just, my heart hurts for Kate and Tyler. My heart hurts for them watching this. And I can't imagine how triggering this was. When Tyler said it reminded him of Carly. Like, that is awful. That's awful. And Kate saying, like, she thought of every way to kill herself. What the fuck? Like, that is so fucking sad. And they are in such a desperate place. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and judge them. And I I know that defeats the purpose of this show. Not this show. I mean, as a podcast, a show. It's kind of weird to refer to a podcast as a show. I don't feel like it's a show. Um, I know that defeats the purpose of this podcast and I give my snarky judgments and I'm a fucking know-it-all and I know what everybody should do with their lives. It's so funny. People call me a know-it-all as an insult when it comes to this podcast. And it's like, yeah, you have to be a know-it-all to do this, the type of show that I do. <laughs> I mean, do you guys want to sit here and listen to someone like doing what I do, I'm doing right now? It's not entertaining to listen to someone... Mm, I don't know. Mm, mm, I don't want to judge. I'm just not in the position to judge them. Who would want to listen to a recap podcast where the person the whole time is saying, I'm not in a position to judge them? 
that's why I normally judge them. But I just, I don't, I don't feel like it's right for this episode. So we get a title card that Kate goes to the doctor to confirm. And I was a little confused that Tyler didn't go with her. Kurthy seemed to go with her. I guess he was with the baby, but I don't know. Don't they have somebody that could come help with the baby? Um, I don't know. I was a little confused that Tyler wouldn't be there with her. And, um, basically they're talking about, Kirthy and Caitlin were talking about how depressed she was. And she's like, you know, thank God for my husband and child, because if they weren't there, I wouldn't get out of bed. And she says, if they weren't around, I probably would have offed myself, which she just says it so casually. It's, it's really sad. And, you know, she calls Tyler and Tyler's being really nice, and he's like, you're the strongest woman ever, I'm so proud of you, and she's like, I really worked through my anxiety today, and she was saying that she was chanting her mo- her mantra, which is, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're strong, and I don't know, it was, like, it's just so sad. I think I'm just sad because <laughs> I was reading the live journal of my friend that passed away from when we were in high school last night and cried for, like, five hours, and I think I just am feeling very sensitive about death and people dying today, which is why this is making me tear up. But, like, hearing Kate say, like, I was using my anxiety tools, like, you would be proud of me was just, it was so sad. It was so sad. (laughs) Kate. Um, we get, like, a little scene of Kate laying on the couch and Kirthy comes and she says something about they were supposed to go to yoga this morning and Tyler's like, well, yeah, Kate, like, couldn't really get off the couch, She was, but she was okay. She was doing her meditation, and she seemed okay. She wasn't crying. She wasn't flipping out. And then, I guess, Kate called Kirthy and said that she wanted, she was going to kill herself. And then Tyler and Kirthy, oh my god, I don't know why I'm so upset, but Tyler and Kirthy are just both crying. I don't know, I, like, this is obviously me just having a personal moment, because watching this last night, like, I, I was like, wow, this is sad, and maybe, like, teared up a little bit, but I feel really sad about this right now. Really sad about this right now. Um, way sadder than I felt when I was watching it. Oh, I'm in a mood. (laughs) And, uh, I, like, I feel sad for Kirthy, because, you know, obviously she cares about Kate, and getting a phone call from someone that's, like, I'm going to kill myself who has a history of being suicidal is fucking terrifying and Kate's packing for treatment. And I was confused about this part because Kirthy says to Tyler, it's incredible you found a treatment facility so quickly, but I thought she was going back to the place that she had been before. And I figured MTV got the treatment center for her, which maybe that is all true. And just for the purposes of the show, they're streamlining this story um, but yeah, apparently she found a place in Tucson and April's going to come get Nova and she's going to go to treatment. I really thought she was going to the same place that she had gone before. So we see Kate and Tyler fly to Arizona. Kirthy is already there to meet ha- meet them. This happens, I'm assuming, very quickly. Kirthy must have had that talk with Tyler and then hopped on the first plane to Phoenix, Arizona. And then Kate and Tyler took the next one. Uh, But on the way to the airport, Kate calls Kim and she's like, hi, mom. Uh, I'm on the way to the airport. And Kim's like, why are you on the way to the airport? And she's like, well, because I contemplated every way that I would kill myself today. That's like a fucking 
punch in the gut. And she had tweeted that, like, that basically exact phrase. So it wasn't, like, the first time I was hearing it. But it's just sad. And poor Kim is, like, "Uh uh-oh. And just trying to be supportive and nice. And I think Kim was, like, caught really off guard. Um, But, you know, Kate has to do what Kate has to do. I am interested in seeing this storyline play out. I'm very interested in seeing what happens between, like, how much film we're going to get a Kate. I mean, I guess if they're shooting the reunion this week, we probably have about four more episodes left. And if they're firing Farah and Kate's going to treatment, I wonder how much they really have left. They might, maybe they'll do the reunion in, like, three weeks. Young and Pregnant starts soon, so I would assume that that's going to come right after OG. I don't know. MTV needs to release the schedule so I know what to emotionally and mentally participate for. But basically, Kim is nice and supportive and just wants Kate to get better. And, you know, I hear... Okay, I want to talk about Kim and Kate. So, Kim, Tyler's mom, who Kate also calls mom, I hear... um. A lot of people say that Kate doesn't, or Kim doesn't like Kate. I don't think that's true. I think Kim loves Kate a lot. But I think that she sees the baggage that Kate and Ty have with each other in a very unique way. She sits in a unique position to see it. I mean, not that unique because I think a lot of us see it. But I think sometimes Kim can come off as a little cold to Kate. Because she takes Tyler's side, and I don't think that's wrong. Tyler is her son. Basically, what I think happened is, if you go back and watch the early episodes of Teen Mom, not necessarily in their 16 and pregnant, but in Teen Mom, like, Caitlin and Tyler, she always wanted them to break up. Not because she disliked Kate, but I think she wanted them to give Carly up for adoption and then break up and kind of move on with their lives. And I think she saw that Tyler, especially in the early scenes, I do think it's different now, but in the early seasons, like, Tyler wanted to get away from Kate so badly, but they were so, she was so reliant on him. I was almost going to say they were so reliant on each other, but I don't think Tyler was ever really reliant on Kate the way that she's kind of always been reliant on him. After they gave Tyler up, Kate moved in with him for a while because she literally had nowhere else to go. Kim always felt like their relationship was way too serious for their age, that they needed to break up and, like, experience the world. And I think, like, any parent would feel. I don't think the way that Kim felt about Kate was unique. I think she sees all the trauma in their relationship that relates to one another. And sometimes that can come off as Kim judging Kate harshly, but I I don't think she's doing it from a place of hatred. I think she just understands their situation and wants better for both of them. But I I don't think Kim dislikes Kate at all. I think Kim loves Kate. Uh, we get, they get to Arizona, Kirthy meets them, Kate goes into the rehab, and Tyler's just sobbing in the car. And uh, I feel... I feel for Tyler. He is going through it, and Tyler never gets to be the one that breaks down. He is the one that has to hold it together for everyone. Um, Don't forget, though, after he (laughs) dropped Kate off, he then went clubbing and partying, got super drunk, and said the N-word on Snapchat, (laughs) which was not great. Um, But yeah, I think for Tyler, it's 
it's really hard. I think it's hard. I can't imagine. I wonder what exactly the timeline between dropping Kate and Butch off were. It had to be like a week or two because I think she found out she was pregnant around three weeks and then lost the baby around six weeks. And she was pregnant when Butch went to rehab. So I can't imagine the stress that Tyler is under. I'm really curious as to how we're going to see Kate's segments go. Is Kate going to get filmed at rehab? How much of the rehab is filmed? Are we just going to focus on Tyler? Am I that interested in just focusing on Tyler? Mm, Not so much. So yeah, we shall see. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash eb psychos thank you all so much have a great week bye this has been an episode of feathers in my hair an emotionally broken psychos patreon exclusive executive producers molly mcleer and liz bentley produced by nicole matthews special thanks to sarah Giovanna for our logo head on over to our patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.